Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the By Word Show. So glad you're here and very excited about this episode. You guys, today I have my dear friend Kristen Utter with us. And I truly feel like I'm sharing with you a secret treasure by having her here today. And I just really cannot wait for you guys to hear from her. Um, really quick, before we get into it, pause this episode. Be sure to take a screenshot and tag us, share it, let us know you were here. We love to see that. And then jump back in with us here and we're just going to get rolling. So Kristen, thank you so much for being here. This is really so special to me and I'm so excited for everybody to get to know you. But before we get started, would you just introduce yourself to those who don't know you yet? Yeah, absolutely. Um, first, before I introduce myself, I have to take this opportunity to, you know, at the end of all your episodes, you tell us uh, you're cheering us on. So I just want to take 30 seconds and just cheer you on, um, Hannah. Mm -hmm. I am one of the lucky ones because I get to know you, not just from the platform that you put out to the world, but in real life. And I get to see that you are the real deal. Like you are out there relating to people with your passions and your values. I see you relate to your husband, your sweet little boy. And I just want to tell you that you are kind and you are brave and you're inspirational to me in real life. And I want to reassure your audience that everything you think Hannah is, she is that and more. So I'm cheering you on. And I'm so thankful that you're in my life. We are all better because you're here, Hannah. Thank you so much. Now, I'll oh talk man, about probably didn't start it and I'm crying. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh my oh, goodness. Absolutely. It's just, I'm just a truth teller. That's all I am. <laughs> so um, my name is Kristen Utter and I am, you know, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a woman of faith. I I'm a person who understands um, the difficulty and the mess and the beauty of all of it. And um, my love for people, uh, it's drawn me into a, a career in ministry, uh, in worship and creative ministries. And, and it's also drawn me into conversations and then into opportunities where I've been able to share about life, about my experiences, about my journey of faith. And, and what I've found is that in that journey, I, there's a need for us to connect. I know you you often say we're stronger when we share our stories and nothing could be more true. Um, so I've had the opportunity to share on a small scale. And then this last year, I had the opportunity to partner with a publisher and to write down. So now I can call myself an author. <laughs> I've, I've got a book out and really it's it's more than just my story, it's about our story, and it's about what we can do to strengthen and encourage each other along the journey. So I'm excited to be here. So thankful that you're having me. Oh my goodness, yes. And really, it's been such a beautiful experience for me hearing your story and then continuing to watch you process through it. And like you said, now coming out with this book that is going to be out by the time this episode airs. And I'm just so excited for people to get their hands on this. Would you just kind of tell us, about your story and then also what prompted you to write this book? Yeah, absolutely. So I bet probably the best way for me to start is to just tell you, um, I grew up in a very typical um, church going home, uh, Christian family and uh, went to a small private school, met my husband in high school. It's kind of the quintessential all American story. We fell in love. He was a little bit ahead of me in school. So by the time I finished high school and started into college, we were already like madly in love, wanted to be married. Um, when we got married, I was 19. He was 20 and we were young. We did all the, I guess, what people would say, all the wrong things. <laughs> Somehow it all worked out. Um, 
But uh, there were two things I knew about myself growing up. I knew that I would uh, sing and make music somewhere and somehow in this world as part of my expression and in my life. Um, And I knew that I would be a mom. Um, I had always been just really good with kids and Anybody who grew up in a in a faith community, because we kind of draw all these kind of lines from who you are and who God created you to be, I heard my whole life, like, you're going to be the best mom. I can't wait mm. to see you be a mom. You're going to be so good. Um, and so when I got out of high school, I started into college studying music and uh, Aaron and I got married. I finished my degree. I started teaching and we just turned our attention toward building our family. Mm-hmm. And I, I never had any inkling that I would have difficulty having a family because I felt like it was so in line with who I was, who I felt God created me to be, the destiny right. he was leading me toward. I felt like this was the path and it was so well lit that it, it, I had all, nothing but confidence moving into it. And so, um, my first pregnancy, I went in and the the first thing they said to me was, um, everything looks great, heartbeat strong. We did the sonogram and they said, everything looks great, except the baby's just measuring a little small. And so they set up another sonogram. They said, come back in two weeks. We'll take a look. We'll readjust your due date if that's what we need to do. And so we went on. We we're so excited telling the whole family about everything that we were going to be parents. And before that two week mark, uh, I started spotting and you know, the doctor said, oh, it's, you know, so many women do that. And that doesn't even mean anything's wrong. Just put your feet up, take it easy. So I was like, all right, I'm on it. Um, but before long, we could tell it was, you know, spotting was turning to bleeding. And, and so I went into to the doctor and I will never forget when they were doing that second sonogram and how I was straining at that screen and looking for that little, you know, that little flicker that you can mm-hmm. see and you see the little heartbeat. And then just having that sonographer turn to me and say, I'm so sorry. Like, mm. there's no heartbeat. Like, something broke inside of me. Mm. Something between me and God broke. And I didn't really know how to put language to it. I didn't really know how to process it, but I felt it happen. And I just didn't know how to process it at that time. Yeah. So we moved forward. And um, and unfortunately, I, I lost four pregnancies. Um, and every one of them just felt like a gut punch. Yeah. It, it just felt like, where, where are you, God? What's happening? You know, kind of thing. And yeah. so, um, and then just, just, they did all the tests they could do. They, t- they looked for any reason that could be causing this, anything, any problem we could solve and never found a reason for why I had so much trouble hearing pregnancies. Mm. And then just as mysteriously as I lost pregnancies, I had two successful pregnancies Mm -hmm. and um, had my first child, my my boy, my son, Jacob. And then um, three years later, had another successful pregnancy and carried my daughter, Kara. And so I had these two precious children and I had a life that didn't look like I thought it was going to look, but I knew that I, I was like privileged to have them. Mm -hmm. And so really what I did is I decided, um, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to close the doors behind me. And like, I know that there's a lot of questions and I know there's some doubts and, and some things that I haven't processed, but I also know that these two little people are 
huge gifts to my life. And yeah. so I can move forward and just put my attention on, on like pouring life into them and investing in them. So, um, you know, how like when you're, you're trying to close a closet and either it's too full or you've just kind of toppled something and you don't have time to mess <laughs> with it. So you just kind of shove the thing closed Yes, and you walk away from it. You know, think about it later. That's kind of how that season of life was, is mm. um, sort of like an overstuffed closet or some things that were kind of falling. But I was like, I, you know what? I can just move forward. So I tried to do that the best I could. And I have to tell you, that season of life was even to this day, I know that I have had great happiness and, you know, I've had all these other things, but that season of life for me, it feels like every time I cast my mind toward it, it feels like the sun is shining. It feels like the perfect day. That is how I felt when I started to raise my little family. Mm. And um, the rhythms, the simple rhythms of life were so comforting, like a little melody to my life. Just waking up and breakfast around the table and learning and playing and duck ponds and zoos and you know <laughs> afternoon naps and um, bedtime baths and prayers. And all of that was just, I was in my element and I was mm. just thriving. And so those were a, a few wonderful years. And then right before Kara's third birthday, um, we experienced a traumatic, sudden and tragic at home accident. And she was killed suddenly. And that day, a hole ripped in my soul. And I did not, I mean, forget all the psychological, like we can totally trace it. Like when you go through something like that, of course you're traumatized, right. emotionally devastated, but spiritually, I just, it was like a hole ripped in my soul and everything was draining out. My, uh, my confidence in God's goodness, my hope for the future, it was all gone. Mm. And so I didn't know how to move forward. I didn't know how to move forward in life. I didn't know how to move forward in faith for sure. I knew God wasn't who I thought he was. And a relationship with him wasn't what I thought it was either. Um, the things I had felt were so solid in an instant crashed down mm. and turned to dust. And so I was just left there. In a place where I was thinking to myself, I I won't move forward, honestly, is what I was thinking. How could I move forward? Um, and I just asked the Lord in those moments, like, I kind of challenged him, actually. I just mm -hmm. said, you know, like, if you don't show up and and show me who you really are and that you are worth trusting, like, I won't move from this place. And I'll, I, I told him, I, I'll die here. Mm. And I really did mean that. Um, I just knew there was no way to move forward unless something bigger than me showed up, unless something more solid and more, more substantial than what I had. Um, unless I, I, something got poured into me, I was done. And so the next years, the Lord coming alongside me mm. in the darkness, when I couldn't see anything, um, in the mess where unanswered questions were spilled everywhere and, you know, doubts were so strong. I could hardly hear myself think the Lord met me there. 
And he walked me slowly and patiently out of that darkness. And here's the deal. Why I wrote a book is not because of my story. It's because through the years I have discovered that even if someone doesn't relate to the details of my story, so many of us walk the same path. We walk a path where we have certain beliefs about the Lord. We've believed it up to a certain point, And then something happens in us, to us, around us that challenges everything we've believed up to that moment. Right. And unless we can sort through it and we can navigate through it, we're going to quit. We're going to give up and we're not going to make it. Um, sometimes that's in life. Sometimes that's in faith. Sometimes it's both. Um, and anything I can do. Um, my core value is, is beating my heart beats and cadence with you that we are stronger when we share our stories. And so if I can share what I gathered along that broken path, and if I can hand it to someone who is still standing behind a huge obstacle and I can say to them, you are not alone. I understand the process that you're in. And I've traveled some miles beyond you and I've come back to get you mm. and I've come back to hand you what the Lord handed to me in those moments. Um, that's worth everything. I will give every heartbeat for it for the rest of my days because I understand what a miracle it is. Mm. That is amazing. And it just breaks my heart. And, you know, the first time I, I heard your story, it was just amazing to me knowing you because it's just a testament to God's continued goodness and faithfulness. And like you said, we may not all be able to relate to that pain, that exact situation, but we've all gone through experiences or had times where it just feels so dark and so painful and so heavy that it's just feels impossible to move forward unless God shows up. And so I, I think it's so beautiful yes that you've shared your story in light of those things and those truths that you've learned along the way, because gosh, I mean, even my miscarriage last year, it, it was just a taste of that. And I think it's really beautiful how your story and you kind of touched on this, just got you to a point where you had to be so honest with God and you brought him your questions. And really, I feel For like sure. in our pain, yes. it just gives us those opportunities to either turn from God. And like you said, quit and just just forget about it. It's easier not to move forward and just to stay in the pain because it seems unbearable or we can let it draw us closer mm. to God. And I just see that through and through your story and your life and just everything that you do, that you just went through the process and it made you stronger in the Lord. And it's so amazing that now you've given us this story in your book so that we can learn those same things, like how you got through it. So would you talk to us about those things when you were at your lowest, how in the world were you able to hold on to your faith or were you able to, how did you get through it? I'm so glad you asked that question. Uh, it touches on one of my deepest passion points, which is um, it was at my lowest that I truly learned who God is mm. because it was when I released him completely that I realized he was holding on to me. Wow. Like it wasn't a 50, 50 partnership. <laughs> like when I said, I'd, I'm done with you. He was like, I'm not done with you. Mm. I'm here. And I, there's a name that God calls himself. And I just love it. 
he, he called himself I am. And there's something that is so yes about mm-hmm. that in my, my experience with him. It's like in every moment I am mm. like, there's not a, a moment. There's not an emotion. There's not a place we can get emotionally where I am doesn't speak to it. There's not a need that we can have in our life where I am doesn't complete it. You know, when we say, I don't have the next breath, God, then he says, I am your next breath. Mm. Like I am. And so that was honestly at my lowest. And I wrote about the specifics of this experience in the book. But when I recognized that my life was really over, like, yes, my heart was still beating, but I was never going to live again unless God was who he said he mm. was. Uh, and I just really drew a line and, and said, like, I'm not moving from this place. I will just expire here if you don't show up I, because I don't have anything to give. And it was when I realized I didn't have one thing to give that I realized how like vast and abundant mm-hmm. he is in those moments. He was never, ever deterred by my doubts, by my questions, by my anger or my, um, you know, smatter of emotions that I was feeling at any given point. He was just, I am just every moment. And I just love that. I love that when God called himself in the old Testament, I am. And then in the new Testament, Emmanuel, Mm -hmm. it's always about presence. It's always about him with us. Um, and I think we are the ones that lose that. We think he's far away and we perceive him to be far away when we can't reconcile or process mm. things, but he never is. And he never loses patience. Like people lose patience with our process, but I have found that God never does. He never rushed me. He never, I never felt the Lord pushing me. Yes. Sometimes people do, you know, people say, Hey, you should get up. You should do this. You should do that. But whenever I just honestly approached God, he was always there mm-hmm. and he was just like l- allowing space for me to be with him. Um, no matter what I was bringing to the table, he just was there. I am. And so that really is the defining um, characteristic of, of why my faith lasted. Mm-hmm. It was the patience of God, you know. The word says that his mercies are new every morning. And I experienced that because I can't even tell you. I mean, processing through trauma and pain is hard. And you sometimes need to have these big emotions and even emotions that don't have any founding. They just need to be be out there. They just need to be spilled out so that they don't suffocate mm-hmm. you. And in every moment of that, uh, I sensed he was there and that he was patient with me and that I didn't need to feel like I needed to, oh, sorry. And and sweep it up off the floor, but I could just leave it there with him. And as I did that as a practice in my life, uh, he came alongside me and began to do what only he can do, which is heal. And, and so I will, that is the defining, I guess, season was when I had nothing to give. And when I was spewing out every bit of the spectrum of all the things that I could feel or experience in life, Um, And none of it was pretty and none of it was presentable or none of it seemed worthy. He was undaunted. And ultimately that, that won my heart back Mm. to him. And it made space for me to start tuning into him 
and to say, you know, okay, you're not leaving. So now I feel like I can trust you to begin to speak to me and to begin to teach me and to begin to help me. That is how I got through the deepest and lowest moments was just his abiding refusal (laughs) to leave. He stayed with me and his presence healed me. That's amazing. It's so beautiful to think about that because I found in my own life that so often we miss out on those moments that really strengthen our faith. And like you said, really prompt our healing process because we just want to hurry on to the next thing. We don't want to deal with the emotions. We'd rather just move on and pretend it didn't happen or pretend we're okay or just carry on, distract ourselves, whatever it may be. And it just hinders us so much from not only the healing process, but giving, just making space to let God be there for us because I've experienced the same thing. And it sounds so backwards and weird, but really in our pain, like you mentioned in the beginning, it's really where we get to know who God really is because it's easy to believe God is good. It's easy to trust that he's faithful when life is going right and things are easy and everything's happy. But when we are in pain and when life is hard and when we face difficulties, it it is a whole <laughs> different experience to come to God with doubts and questions and anger and confusion but then just to trust that he's not he's not going to turn away from that he he wants us to come to him and i think that's something that took me so long to learn because i always thought i had to almost self diagnose before i came to god with my prayer requests or put on this performance and whatever excuses i came up with that that kept me from really just being honest even in my relationship with god and it slowed down my healing process and it slowed down the growth of my faith, because I just didn't take advantage of that moment to say, okay, God, I don't have it together. Truly. Like I'm a mess and I don't even have what it takes to wake up one more day. So I'm just going to trust that you're going to have to carry me. And you're so right. He really does. He really does. So I'm, I'm curious to hear because you know, this was something that your entire family went through. And so it's one thing to process your pain on your own, like individual pain but you also had your son and your husband there with you in the process. So what was that like for your family going through the grieving process and handling trauma and healing and all of that? Oh, it was hard and it was heavy. I mean, uh, you know, when I should have been planning my daughter's third birthday, I instead was standing over a grave with a traumatized five-year-old who had been there with us that day. Um, and a husband who was grieving just as deeply as I was, but in a completely different mm. way. Um, the things that brought me comfort compounded his pain. The things that he needed in those moments made no sense to me. Um, and like we were a mess <laughs> in every sense of the word. Um, and I think I'll speak to the marriage portion of it. Um, it was scary. It was really scary to be grieving so differently and to navigate how to give each other space and respect each other's process without fearing that we would lose each other from the distance that we needed to create to give each Mm. other space. That was a hard thing to navigate. Uh, And we just found 
we found strength in not judging each other's process. We were very intentional about not processing our partner's uh, pain and grief through our own filter Mm -hmm. and giving each other the grace to feel our feelings and to process in our own ways. And at the same time, letting each other know, like, I'm not going anywhere and um, I'm here for you and whatever I can do, we're a team. Um, And that meant like something as simple as uh, for me, I felt like every day I was losing more of Kara. So it comforted me so much to uh, go through boxes of pictures, to see them and to look at them and to trace mm-hmm. her features and to remember the memories that we shared together and to watch videos of her, you know, saying her little words and, and telling us stories and whatever it was that interested her, you know, while she was, you know, t- doing her toddler <laughs> babble, you know, I just enjoyed all of it. And it brought me such comfort. And all of that was pain for Aaron. He, he would tell me, I can just close my eyes and I can hear her laugh. I can hear mm-hmm. the sound of her voice. Like she was so near to him that to, to put all of those images in front of him actually compounded his pain. So that was a huge trick for us. Like, what are we going to do? And so I just really prayed about it. Um, there's a verse in James that is, has since become one of my favorite scriptures. And it just says this, like, if you do not have wisdom, you can just ask God Mm. and he'll give it to you. He won't blame and shame you for not knowing what you don't know, but he will give you generously. Um, And I just, that's, I hung on to that a lot. Um, And so I just was like, Lord, you're going to have to show us, like, you're going to have to show us how to do this together. And so I got an idea and I was like, okay, I can take down all of the pictures of Kara and I can put them in a place where I can see them and I can get to them. And when Aaron's not at the home at our home, I'll get them out. I will look through them and I will comfort Mm -hmm. myself, but for his comfort's sake, I'll put them all away when he's home. And that was a big thing for me because I didn't want her to be missing from our story, you know? And so there was a fear for me, like, what if he never gets over this? And I can never put pictures of her up. But what I found, and I found this for myself personally and for our relationship, is that when we stop worrying about um, what setback it might be, and we just go ahead and trust the process, it accelerates our healing rather mm. than slowing it down. So the things that I feared by by making that step, by, by going ahead and saying, we'll, we'll just take her pictures down, we'll put them away for this time. Um, helped him process better. And and before I even knew it, he was like, you know what, I think I'm okay to, to put some Mm. of her pictures up and around. And so we did. And, you know, so we moved through that together, but that's just one example of, of one of those roadblocks you come up against and you think, oh goodness, like, how will we do this? But we just trusted kind of each other's process and tried to be helpful to each other. We tried to keep communication Mm. open and be honest with each other about the things that were helpful and the things that were hurting. And just rally together to to lighten each other's load as best we could. Um, and it's hard, you know, to to try to navigate your own pain and to help someone else along is hard. But the grace was there to do it. And I found just being open and honest was helpful. I found, you know, trusting each other's process instead of judging it and just um, being there for each other um, was really helpful. And then, of course, uh, there have been times when we've needed to reach beyond ourselves and invite 
someone with some some expertise in mm. a counselor or a therapist, um, pastors, and you know different people who can helped us just navigate those little roadblocks where we couldn't ourselves yeah. get past it. Um, so that was really helpful. Therapy was extremely helpful for Jacob because kids process things so slowly yeah. and incrementally, and there's this this kind of balance of trying to help a little one process their emotions because you don't want to push them, but you also don't mm. want to miss it. <laughs> so it's this really hard yeah. dance, but I, I, we really benefited from finding a therapist um, that could really dive into those things in a, in a strategic way um, so that we were careful to steward his, his spirit and his emotional health along the way, but also give him space to process as he was growing. So uh, we, we had a play therapist for years and, um, and eventually, you know, she was, she was able to tell us like, he's, he's processing Mm -hmm. things well, he's processing things um, in a healthy way. Um, And then we sort of made a deal like, all right, great. Keep my card, (laughs) keep my contact information, come back anytime. He had that relationship Mm -hmm. already built with her and that trust. And so that really helped. Uh, and then, and then just like really things along the way, like practical things. Um, I write, write about this in the book. There were a lot of really practical things that we were able to do, um, to mm. deal with trauma. Um, because we all suffered from what is now so clearly labeled as post traumatic stress disorder. We all had different aspects of that manifesting in our lives different ways. Um, so there were a lot of practical ways that we could handle the anxiety and the, um, you know, panic mm. attacks and things like that, that came along with trying yeah. to navigate through trauma. And so, yeah, really step-by-step day-by-day moment-by-moment and just looking at what was in, ahead of us, seeing if we could navigate it when we couldn't reaching out for someone who may have expertise or experience that they could speak into our process and help us keep moving forward was really like integral to our our processes mm, of family. Yeah. I just have so much respect for you and Aaron because knowing the two of you now, I never would have guessed like how much you had been to, through together and your marriage is still so strong today. And it's just beautiful to see the way that you guys really came together as a family through that time because Trauma and grief is something that we see tearing so many relationships apart. And it makes sense because there's just so much to process through. It's like, how can you even be there for somebody when you're going through your own pain? But it's amazing to see how both of you leaning on the Lord trusted him to give you the wisdom for how to go through it as a family. And, And you guys have come through it. And that's just an incredible testament to your, your willingness and to commit to one another and to the Lord through that process. And it's, it's not a, it's not a done deal. You know, life is a healing process. And, and I have found that God's process through, through the gospel and through Jesus, it's a redemptive process and the things that we hand to him, he redeems. Mm. So, you know, we uncover new things, new seasons come in and then we uncover something and we're like, wow, I did not know that was still there. And so I think just also re- being willing to reopen, revisit and um, not put a stamp on healing, but be open that our whole life journey is a healing process and God will always be there for us and help us with the next step is, is has been really important for our family 
um, to just continue to walk in health is to just give ourselves that continued grace and not feel like we can just, oh, that's finished, put a stamp on it, done, and move on. But just realize that, you know, life is a learning and a healing process, all of it. So we continually um, reevaluate and continue to heal. Absolutely. That's such a good point. I, gosh, it was years ago now, but I heard somebody use this metaphor of an iceberg. And you know, when you look at an iceberg, all you can see is this tiny portion at the top. And she was talking about how at any given time, that's usually what we're processing through just a bit of healing, but it's constantly melting away and new things are rising to the surface. But it's not something to be resistant of. It's it's something so good. that truly, if we choose to look at it as an invitation to turn to the Lord and continue processing and continue healing and continue getting to know him through that, it, it becomes this beautiful thing that doesn't have to feel like a heavy weight as far as being in the process goes, you know, because I feel like sometimes when we talk about healing being a lifelong journey, it can seem like, oh my goodness, am I ever going to get through this? But, you know, it, it just, it comes in waves and we learn in seasons and we, we change and we process and we grow and we move forward and it's just an ongoing journey. So I think that's something that's so important. Yeah. I think it's just something to be so mindful of in the healing process. So (laughs) if you're going through something hard, don't get discouraged if it feels like it's taking forever to get to the other side, because it's not necessarily another side that we're looking for. It's just, okay. How can I take it one more day? I love that approach right. that you have. Okay, one more breath, one more step, one more day, because God will meet you there. I love that. Even how you said earlier, he's just, he's present for all of it. So yes. there's no pressure. It's just, he's so patient in the process. And with that, I'm curious too, are there other yes. things that you have either discovered about God or ways that your relationship has changed with him through the years and through your healing journey? Totally. Um in my early years of faith, uh, I felt like certainty was mm. the goal. Like I wanted to be so sure about everything. I wanted an answer for every category, you know, and I kind of wanted everything to fit into a box that I could tie uh, you know, a sash <laughs> around and put a bow on top and carry it around and be like, this yes. is my faith. This is, you know, what makes me solid. And and then I just pretty soon the box was on the ground and it was spilled out all over the floor and I was running around in circles going, what <laughs> so really I have gotten so much more comfortable with the words. I don't know. I think we would do ourselves a really great service if across our faith community, we would just get a lot more comfortable mm. with the, I don't knows. And yeah. the gray places and and the places where lines are a little bit smeared or blurred. Um, I don't think that takes away from who God is. God is mysterious. And if you read the Bible from cover to cover, you're going to come away with some things that don't really seem to add up. But I have found that I am so much more solid in my faith mm-hmm. when I just embrace that and just say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know what um, here. But then the things that God needs us to know, he's been so clear about. And what I've found is if you just take the Bible and if you can pan back from it, instead of, I think our tendency is to get a microscope out and to try to really pinpoint these tiny little places and go, yep, that's it. And write it down and hold on to it forever. But what I think is far more powerful is to just pan back 
and sort of let your eyes go out of focus and go like, what's the big thing God's trying to tell me? And I, I think we would agree. It's, it's a story about Jesus and what he came to do for all of us. And um, that the beauty of, of Jesus is what is ultimately the strongest thing we'll ever have in this world. And what I love about it is that he didn't do something from afar. He mm, came into yes. it. Like that's what God did with his authority over all of it is that he said, I'm going to like put it all aside and I'm going to put on flesh mm. and walk with you so that I truly understand you and you can know that for sure. And then he walked the li- walked our life, suffered yes. the absolute worst of it. Whatever it is we, we, are, we have gone through, Jesus suffered it. Betrayal, the sense of abandonment, abuse, trauma, you know, rejection, all of it. I mean, mm. he walked it with us. He stood at the tomb and wept for us. He wept with us. That yeah. won my heart. That Jesus didn't say, well, get <laughs> right. over it. I've got power over this. He stood there. In the Bible, he stood with Lazarus before, and he totally knew he was about to say, get out of that grave and live again. He knew that, but he wept there. And to me, that's the heart of God. That right there is what, what he is and who he is. And so uh, my, my solid ground is Jesus. Uh, that's the expression of God that the Bible itself says um, reveals a God that we can't see. And that's become my solid ground. And then beyond that, I just don't, I just don't navigate out into all the what ifs and the what, you know, crazy things that people can get hung up in. I think a lot of people really get a lot of energy Mm -hmm. out of that. I'm not one of them. (laughs) So I just, I just say that is so fun for you to explore all of these options, but don't get away from the thing that you can hold on to from now through eternity. And that is that God used every bit of his power to come for us and to rescue us. He conquered the thing that can conquer us all. And he has come to us and said, Hey, if you'll just open your, your hands and lift your eyes to me, I will put Mm. that power inside of you and bring you back to life in every way. And that's what he's done for me. And I know for a fact, he can do it for anyone. So that yes, saying, I don't know is important. I never edit myself in the presence of God. I just won't do it. I don't think that God um, needs me to. And I have found so much more healing when I just go, here it is. Here's what I've got. And I'm coming to you, Lord. And he, he always meets me there. He never shames or blames me for what I'm holding. He just helps me and he heals me. And so that's become a like core value in my relationship with the Lord is don't let any Anything you're feeling or anything you're experiencing cause you to turn or run. He will always wake up. You will always wake up to a new day with new mercies and a God who loves you and is calling to you. So just bring it with you and he'll probably take it from you and you're going to live a lighter, a lot lighter life or he'll heal it and you're going to live a lot healthier life. But just if you don't bring it to him, then he, that's the only time his power is ever limited is if we won't hand it to him, if we won't come to him, if we won't um, allow ourselves into his presence, it is not him that holds us back. It is us. We are the ones that convince ourselves 
this thing that I have can't be with him. And he's always calling to us and saying, no, I'm here. So I, those are probably two really key things that have changed in my relationship with the Lord. And I have found such profound healing um, and growth in my relationship with the Lord. And, um, and then the lives of those I've been able to come alongside, I've seen it help them as well. Kristen, that is so good. I love all of that. And I've just truly seen you walk that out. And I am so excited now that people will have your book to be able to hear more about your process and all of these things and really dive a little deeper. So I know you've mentioned a lot of it so far, but is there anything specific that you hope your readers will walk away from your book with? Yes, I would say that my deepest hope for the reader of my book is that somewhere in the pages of that book, I'll be able to meet them in the middle wherever they are, and that they will hear two messages. One, you are not alone. And two, there is hope. I would love to open more space uh, in our faith community to navigate doubts, to navigate questions, to give space and place for us to be really honest, to not feel as though We cannot, in a faith community, be real about where we are. I have found that God is not daunted by it. And I think as his people, we should not be either. We should have some space and some patience and some grace for that process. So to be able to open a broader conversation around the idea that people do at times feel forgotten and forsaken and left behind and weak and unable to navigate through and uncertain about the things that they maybe were certain about before, if we can make a safe space within our community of faith, instead of feeling like people have to leave us to figure it all out, I would love to see that as a result of conversations around um, Shatterproof. And, And then also, I would just say that, you know, trauma is more and more prevalent and um, just allowing people to know that there's nothing so broken that we can't rally around each other and and help each other toward healing that nobody is too heavy mm-hmm. for us to carry as a community of faith and um, and to just let people know that it's okay to be where they are and that there's space for them and room for them and that we're not in a hurry I think is important so Honestly, just just more conversation and more space for people, because as you and I have already mentioned today, if we can just allow that space, I know sometimes we fear that, that, oh, goodness, what will we do with the mess that results from that? But I've found that when we just get comfortable with the mess, it gets cleaned up so much faster. (laughs) You know, it just and when we we start saying, you know, this, this wound is really like bad and gory, then that's when the healing starts to take place. So I think when we just make more space for the conversations, um, we will find that people will begin to heal and and thrive and flourish and then share that healing with others. I truly am so excited for you guys to get your hands on this book. By the time you're listening to this episode, Shatterproof will be out. So Kristen, before we go, will you please tell everyone where they can connect with you and order your book and continue the conversation from here? 
Absolutely. Um, of course, you can follow me on Instagram. It's at utterkristen. Same thing for my email. It's um, utterkristen at gmail. Um, but if you go to my website, which is kristenutter.com, everything's there. So if you forget everything, just go to kristenutter.com. You can contact me. You can invite me if you'd like me to come speak somewhere. Um, you can order the book. You can contact me in order to just say, hey, I have more questions or I'd love to talk more with you. Um, but I would love to connect with anyone and everyone telling you guys this book is so beautiful and you trust me, you're going to want to order this book as soon as possible. So Kristen, thank you so much for being here. I just appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing your story and sharing your time with us. This has been so, so good. And I truly cannot wait for people to hear more from you. Well, thank you so much for having me, Hannah. It is an honor and a privilege to sit with you anytime in any context and talk about anything. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWords show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember I am cheering you on.